gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Script Show. We're talking about your favorite movies. What was good, what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And today, my rose to his jack, Dr. Sam. Uh, excuse me, you think you're rose in this situation? I guess. Uh, I'm the naive, I, stupid one. Right? I deserve to be on that door, <laughs> damn it. Uh, but today is quite, quite the... Titanic episode we're dealing with. That it is. Sam, what is so special about today? Today, today's our one-year anniversary, Taylor. Oh, man, that's oh, crazy. It's crazy. Can you imagine where we were a year ago, sitting down in our living room, and you're like, you want to watch Project X with me? <laughs> and that this has all happened now. Yep, we had Jeremy, Gerbil. Oh, uh, Gerbil. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, those were the days. Yeah. Good times, good, good times. times. Well, as that one ended in fire, this movie ends in a complete water. Ooh. So, yeah, I think it's a very good balance. It's like poetry. It's like, like poetry. I finally found my Diet Coke after a year. <laughs> wow, yeah, man. Um, so, Sam, you said it. We're talking about the Titanic. That's right. As a movie that used to be the biggest of all time, got dethroned by its own director, and recently lost second place out to a, a, another uh, end game of sorts. Ooh, yes. And maybe at this point, that might be the top film ever right now. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. this earlier than it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Titanic is such a, such a phenomenon. Like, it, it, it was in the 90s, early 2000s, and it still continues to be to this day. It's one of those things that gets referenced a lot, but I don't think people really even almost remember how big it was. Yeah, no, I mean, we were around, we were in the world at this <laughs> point, but I don't remember Titanic being, like, a huge phenomenon as much as other people. I just remember it being a VHS cover that was in my cabinet, mm. and a thing that was on cable TV, like, all the time. Yep. For my history of Titanic, I've never sat down and watched the whole thing through till just, you know, mm. now. Uh, I would always catch the part where the ship was sinking, and it's like, oh, Rose and Jack are running around, but I hadn't seen the first hour and a half of this movie. <laughs> Thank you, TNT. Thanks, TNT. Yeah, I mean, I did the same thing. I had been able to actually see the entire movie, uh -huh. but in bits and pieces and out of order. So finally... Like, when I saw, it, like, all the pieces, like, okay, I think I know where this goes together. And then I finally sat down and watched it for real. I was like, oh, that's the order of the movie. And it made so much more sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, I definitely laughed at a couple things. Like, when the engineer and Rose are walking on the deck, and she's like, oh, engineer, there are definitely not enough boats on here. And he's like, oh, I know there are not enough boats. You have a keen eye there, Rose. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Is that setting up something? I Listen. don't know. Cameron's a, a filmmaker. He's not the master of subtlety. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, so I guess what were your general thoughts of Titanic? I mean, yeah, I guess we'll say it. I really liked Titanic. I'm so surprised. Yeah, no, same here. I underestimated how good this movie was because yeah. the common thing now is just to shit all over this movie and not really talk about why it's so good. Well, that's just kind of the culture of today of like pop cultures when something's super big. It's so cool to hate on it yeah. and to think that, like, it's not that good. And, like, a lot of people do have, like, decent criticisms of it for certain things, but I think a lot of those get blown out of proportion when compared to the entire rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, there's still stuff to fix to talk about. There's there's some big stuff, but... <laughs> Is there, you, like, an iceberg or something? And there's an iceberg, iceberg of problems. Iceberg coming at this movie. <laughs> uh, but it overall, like, and it is so long that there's enough time for there to be a lot 
great stuff that overwhel- overpower the things that don't work. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's a lot good here. And, you know, there's a reason why this was the most Oscar-nominated and winner for a bit. Uh, it is the most nominated of all time. It's tied with All About Eve and La La Land. And it has the most wins tied with Lord of the Rings. Return of the King. Cool. Yeah, Yeah, it explains it. Um, What's a movie that came out in 2019 that you think can overthrow the most wins? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think there's anything so far that I've seen this year that can get close to 14 nominations. Oh, really? Uh, You don't think that new Hellboy movie could get to 14 nominations? I think it might be in a different uh, award show. It could get 14 (laughs) nominations and wins. But uh, not the same one. But I I mean, 14 is a huge number. That's almost every single category it could be nominated for. Mm. And it didn't double up in any category. So, like, it ended up... I could have been nominated for more. I could have seen Leo and maybe... Depends on how you feel about Billy Zane. Again, James Cameron, good filmmaker... Not, not a master of dialogue, not a master of character and, and specific plot, but, like, we can get into that. Okay, cool. Well, should we just uh, start summarizing this uh, Titanic of a movie? Um, I'd say we shouldn't dive in, <laughs> but I guess we have to. Uh, all right, how do we open this film, Sam? We open on a group of sea explorers Ooh. diving down in their water ships, which you think it's a documentary about James Cameron at first. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> but this, <laughs> the Bill Paxton character is just oh, <laughs> James Cameron. I'm sure he knows it, too. I'm sure he wrote that, and that's why he gave it to Bill Paxton. Yeah. But uh, Bill Paxton and a few other uh, scientists are sinking their little submarine down to the the depths of the sea and where they uh, uncut where they discover the sunken titanic and they send their little little mini submarine into the titanic to, and it looks like they're searching for something specific they're taking their time they're really working for it and uh bill pax notices something in the corner of the camera and it turns and he sees a big safe well like a small safe but like big enough to hold stuff yeah and then he's like that's it that's where it'll be and he they all pull the safe up to the surface they crack it open. They're celebrating. They're like, we did it. We found what we're looking for. They open it, and they can't find this certain item. But they They, they find a bunch of crumpled paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of money that just got all destroyed. And then there's this book that's very well preserved inside of that safe. Yeah. I Do they talk about how that is, or is that no, just how it is? Which is weird what happens a little bit later. When later on they take the book of, of and they flip it open and they realize that there's some drawings in there, but it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. So they put it into like this like water slash chemical bath. Uh huh. And the pictures have not deteriorated at all. No. So I don't know how factually accurate that is, but it's very helpful for them because they look at the picture and they notice that there's a woman lying on a couch in the picture and she has a very distinct necklace on. And it's like, that's it. That's the thing we're looking for. And it's this, like, blue gem thing. It's, like, yeah. really big, and uh, it's worth a lot of money. But they're, they're, uh, and they're apparently, like, world famous, because on the news, they're in, being interviewed by some CNN reporter or something. And uh, then we cut to this home, out kind of in the, either in the middle of the nowhere or wherever, and this old woman takes notice that these people are searching for the Titanic, and she notices a, key, a very key image mm-hmm. that might or might not be a younger version of herself. Yes, and, uh, you know, uh, how... I guess we should talk about what the picture is, you know? It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a 
It's the world's first nude. Yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> French girls, you know. Yeah, it's you painting uh, drawings of French girls. Uh, but this older woman notices one in particular and gives Bill Paxton a call. I don't know how she knows their phone number, but she does. Yeah. And she uh, is like, "Hello, that woman in the photograph. That's me. Are you still looking for the heart of the ocean?" And just immediately, she is on the boat. She comes in with her, like, daughter, granddaughter, granddaughter, and she has all these luxuries, like all these uh, suitcases filled of memories and whatnot, and Bill Paxton's definitely like, hmm, I don't know about this, like, this seems a bit sketchy, she's very, you know, needy, and so now they start talking a bit. Well, then she, she asks if she's allowed to see the picture of herself, and she's like, oh, oh, that was me in my younger days, oh, these are quite scandalous but I and I mean she's taken the fact that her naked picture's been seen by everyone on TV pretty well yeah no she's uh, being a champ about it I mean she does look like Kate Winslet when she was younger so like I understand yeah uh, but then uh, they everyone's super skeptical so they ask her to start uh, kind of telling the story of what happened because she she tells them that she knows where the heart is uh, and so she starts telling the tale of the Titanic and then we cut to 1912 in England. And it's the big first day or first sail of the Titanic. Everyone's super happy. They're having their handkerchiefs waving goodbye (laughs) to the people that they know. And uh, Kate Winslet, also known as Rose, comes out of her little fancy car. And we meet her and her soon-to-be fiancé, Cal Hockley, something like that. It's Billy Zane. Yeah. Like, I like, he should have just been named Billy Zane. <laughs> that's a much better name. Yeah. Uh, Rose, Billy Zane, and her mother all come out, and you basically can tell who they are from the moment they arrive. Billy Zane's a very controlling uh, fiance. He does not, he believes in proper 1912 society where the women don't do anything. He's in charge, and he's mad when she has thoughts of her own. Uh, the mother is very, like, concerned with making sure that. Rose stays in line. She stays with uh, Billy Zane and, like, marries him and, and keeps his good name and fortune. Uh, and they've got lots of stuff. Yep, and they're very of the higher class of everything. Like, you can tell by their clothes and the automobiles they are driving. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, they get onto the boat, and they seem to be enjoying life. But Rose looks a little, like, longing for a different life. And now- Speaking of longing for a different life... We cut to a rowdy bar in which this beautiful, beautiful young boy <laughs> uh, named Jack is playing a card game. And these two guys are like, I can't believe we bet our Titanic tickets on, on, this, on this pot. And I looked at the pot and it doesn't look like it's worth as much as two tickets to the Titanic. No, it's like a couple of pennies, a couple yeah, dollars here. I think like... there's a pocket watch in there somewhere, so like maybe it's a little bit, but... Uh, so Jack wins tickets for himself and his friend Fabrizio, you know, Italian stereotype. Uh, and they rush to the Titanic. They almost don't make it on, but they're like, we're American citizens. We don't need, you don't need to see our documentation. He's like, have you been checked? It's like, of course we have. Then they hop in and they're like, man, this is the luckiest day of our lives. Eesh. Eesh. Yikes. But they get on the ship as it's leaving. Everyone bon voyages the people on shore. Having uh, a great time. Having a great time. It's a lot of ex- exploration. We kind of get introduced to the captain of the ship, uh, and he loves being the captain. He's super excited. We get to see the engineer of the ship, and he's uh, very confident that things will go well, but he's a little skeptical. There's, like, like the... I don't know if he's, like, the CEO or whatever, like the, like, the project manager behind the boat, but he's like, 
oh, oh the ship is unsinkable. Let's go find a place to take a good picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Jack and Fabrizio go to the, the very front of the ship, and they do the iconic I'm King of the World moment. It's great. Yeah, and uh, you can rewatch that on the Oscars when James Cameron wins <laughs> his best director. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, and Kate Winslet and her whole crew uh, are getting settled in their room, and she and uh, Billy Zane have an argument about what good art is, and she's like, oh, this came from Picasso something. And Billy Zane says, Picasso something. Oh, he'll never amount to anything. <laughs> this uh, movie is very guilty of saying a lot of things like, this will never be anything, when it's like, oh, that's the opposite. <laughs> uh, this ship's unsinkable. Oh, 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 if only you knew. If only you knew. Uh, during their lunch gather, uh, Rose and uh, Billy Zane have a little bit of more of a a couple's arguments, some more disagreements, so she steps out to get some air. Meanwhile, we see Jack and Fabrizio, and now they're new pals, chilling out on the poor people side of things. But they're, uh, they're, they're enjoying themselves, they're talking, they're talking about le- past lives. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, Rose walks out, catches the eye of one young Jack, and he is smitten at first sight. And, uh, but before he can even do anything, Billy Zane comes out, grabs Rose, they have a little bit more of an argument, and they head right back inside. Later on that night, still not feeling it, still not doing great. Not feeling it. She's, like, about to commit suicide. Yeah, she... <laughs> That's an understatement. It's basically, she goes to the, the back of the ship, climbs to the back, and is ready to jump off. But Jack, uh, just happening to be at the right place at the right time, walks up and is like, hey, hold on there. And she's like, hey, don't come any closer. I'll jump. I'll jump. And then Jack's like, no, I'm going to slowly come up closer to you. And he starts taking off his shoes and his socks, and he's like, hey... We're both in this now. If you jump, I jump. And she's like, don't be stupid. And then they talk. He t- tells her a story about a you know, time where he uh, was in cold water and, and that was painful and it wasn't fun. And he, he does a good job being charming, yet also trying to keep her alive. And he's at the end, he's convinced her. She's like, okay, I'm not going to do it. So he tries to grab her hand, but she slips. But luckily, he quickly grabs her, saves her life. But as she, he's holding on to her, she's screaming, Help! Help! I need help! And so Billy Zane and some crew members hear this and rush over. And so now Jack pulls Rose up. He, she topples on top of him. She's on, he's on top of her. And as, you know, uh-oh, bad timing, the crew and Billy Zane come and assume Jack's raping her. You know how you do. You know, that's how it happens. So they handcuff him. Billy Zane puts a blanket around Rose. But then she's like, well, hold on. You can't arrest him. He was he was simply helping me because I, I slipped and fell over the railing. Yeah, you know, just slipped, over, slipped on this banana peel that was out here. Uh-oh, please uncuff him. Which I'm like, Rose, you let him get cuffed first? And yeah. then you decided to say this was wrong? Not a great plan. But uh, <laughs> Billy Zane, uh, in his ever-charming wisdom, is like, Give him a 20 for his troubles, and then Rose is like, please, I think the man deserves something more. And then, reluctantly, he invites Jack to have dinner with them the next night. And Jack's like, you you, you bet I will. Yep, and so Billy Zane takes Rose away. And now Billy Zane's, like, henchman. What Do you have a name for him that you want to... Billy Zane's henchman is perfect. Okay, BH, man. Um, he's sort of, like, dragging on this cigarette, and he's like, hmm, you know what, Jack? It's, uh, sort of weird that you were able to save her and take off your shoes so fast. Like, how does that work? And Jack's just like, 
shrugs it off like, oh, it's crazy, man. They act so guilty in this scene. But they, <laughs> it's exactly what they say, but they say it so guiltily. Yeah, it's like, yo, Jack, you did a good thing. You don't have to be all suave about it. You don't have to be weird. Just later that night, Billy Zane finally presents Rose with the uh, Heart of the Sea, mm. where he tells her that it used to be King Louis the something number, whichever one was the one that got beheaded. Uh, uh, so 16th? I don't know. One of those. He, you know, presents it to her, and now that's hers, but he's says it with a lot of menace, <laughs> in which it sounds like he's gonna kill her if she doesn't take it and be a perfect wife. Mm, Just a yeah. little bit. Just a little bit. You know, you see where these suicidal thoughts occurred. Just a little bit, but uh, we don't have time for that. No. Uh, uh, Jack is uh, given kind of a, uh, a lesson in manners from one Kathy Bates character, and he is then given to, uh, he get, takes himself to dinner, with Rose's family, where he actually presents himself in a pretty solid light, despite them all kind of knowing he's from the third-class passengers section. Yeah, no, he does really well. Like, he picks up on stuff, and I think this is a good scene where we see, like, Jack really being on his feet, where he's trying to see how to be proper and orthodox, you know? Not <laughs> Most unorthodox. orthodox. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's copying people's handshakes, seeing how they move, and Rose takes notes of, the, note of this and is just, like, laughing about it. And then at the dinner table, he, you know, Shows up and does, like, you know, the things that you wouldn't expect to hear about on this very fancy cruise or anything. Oh, yes. And people are impressed, but not Billy Zane. Oh, He's no. just not happy with it, man. But then at the end of dinner, all the men are like, well, it's time for brandy and cigars. Mm-hmm. You know how men are. Ho, ho. <laughs> and they're, they're like, Jack, would you like to come with? And he's like, oh, no, I think I better get going. And uh, but before he goes, he slips Rose a tiny piece of paper. Oh, and it's more like a, hey, what you doing later? Hey, you up? Yeah. Rose has this moment of, like, decision, I would say, and she ends up going, hanging out with Jack. Yeah, they go hang out for the night. Don't really know how they, like, end up where they're going, but they are, you know, just playing around. They make their way, like, to the front of the ship where we get uh, the most iconic moment from Titanic in which he tells her to just climb up put her arms out, and he holds on to her as the wind catches her, and she says, I'm queen of the world. <laughs> I'm flying, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to be like, Dark <laughs> uh, But no, she, she does, I'm flying, Jack. It's, it's romantic, and they kiss, even though it's, it's completely forbidden. Oh, yes, it's most forbidden. And so, yes, they kiss. Uh, Rose is, like, very unsure how she feels about all of this. And the next morning, is this where... No, this is still later that night. Okay. Where uh, Rose brings Jack back to her cabin and is like, so, do you want to uh, do a little drawing? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Before, Jack showed um, his scandalous photos to Rose before. And now she's like, hey, draw me like one of your French girls. And so she goes into very big detail about this story, and Jack's, like, very intensely drawing and stuff. And now they cut back to old Rose talking about this story. And she she says the phrase, it was the most erotic moment of my life. And it's like a close-up on her, and then you cut to this wide (laughs) of everybody listening, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. 
but also it's very weird. Yeah, I mean, her Graham's daughter is in there, and you know, I don't know. It's a bit. It's very odd, but you know. Would you say it's most unorthodox? Yes, most unorthodox. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing where yeah they cut back to old Rose talking about it, and then she goes back into the story, and we see uh, Jack drawing her in the nude, mm-hmm. uh, what's while she's wearing the uh, the heart of the sea. Uh, really, really enjoying it. It's a very, it's a very good sensual moment, and he draws her, and that becomes the drawing that we see end up seeing earlier in the movie. Yeah. And then she gets kind of redressed. Uh, they admire it, and they put it like the both the the jewel and the paint and the drawing into the safe. Uh, but as they're putting it into the safe, uh, Billy Zane's henchman BH comes storming in. He's like, Miss Rose. And so they just decide to book. Like, they don't hide Jack anywhere. They're just like, fuck, we got to dip. Yep. And so Rose and Jack dip out. But, you know, our man BH sees him and goes chasing after him. Yep. And they go through the whole Titanic where they're going through the kitchen. They go through the the fucking coal mines, basically. And they end up in this car. And, you know, BH is still looking for a man. Like, you know, I don't know what the plan was. You know, it's not like you're not going to see this guy in the rest of your life. But I'm jumping ahead a little bit. They see BH later, and he's totally chill about it. He's not, like, chill. He's just like, hmm, most unorthodox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jack and Rose are in the car, and, you know, things get steamy. Things get actually steamy again. This movie's full of iconic moments there. They're going at it, and you get that that slap of the hand on the back windshield, and it just drapes down, and uh, they're you know, they're you know having a good time. But uh, BH has asked a couple of the the ship's crew to kind of go look for them, and they they see the handprint on the window, like aha, we got them, and they open up the car doors, but nobody's there. Oh rats! Rats! The the kids have escaped. They're out on the front of the ship. They are having a great time. They're laughing. They're giggling. They're kissing, and the two men up in the crow's nest are like. Look at that shit. <laughs> He's like, oh, doesn't that make you a bit warmer on this cold night? And they're like, oh, well, if I need to be warm, I'm not going to hang out with you or, like, hug you like that. And it's like, okay. Uh-huh. But uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's coming up, man? Uh, somehow they didn't see this before. <laughs> I get it's dark, but it's a big thing because a big iceberg is dead ahead. Yes. And, and now we're in the second half of the movie. Yes. And so all the people in the crow's nest are like, oh, shit, we didn't do our job. And they quickly are just like, hey, no, do this, people. The second in command is for the ship is like, oh, my God, there's a fucking iceberg. And they try turning in shit. And everyone's going crazy. They're like, pull on the brakes. And, you know, they're hard turning left and braking. It's like, skrrr. And then slowly, like, they're like, oh, I think we made it. But then the Titanic slowly skims the iceberg, Yikes. and there's water filling up in the bottom, and every, all the workers down there are like, oh, shit. Well, the two guys that went to go search for Jack and Rose in the car, their room is getting flooded with water. Uh, those guys are dead. Yeah. Uh, and Jack and Rose, they're on the front of the ship, and they see it. They get out of the way of the iceberg that's, like, crashing down onto the front of the ship. It keeps screeching, like, for, like, a good half length of the ship. And they're finally able to turn it away. And, and they're all like, okay, we're fine, right? Yeah, we're good. Nothing. But it's just a, just a little paint got chipped and everything. We'll be fine. We'll buff it up and we'll be ready to go. And everyone's just like, okay, yeah, that was good, guys. But if you go see the guys below, they're like, holy fuck. 
fuck? Our yeah, shit the, is getting ruined. The cold room is like filling up with water. Like they're closing all the doors, like to make sure nobody else gets gets hurt. They escape, and the uh, the end. Not the engineer, but like the guy who like create like basically made the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cu- busts in with like some blueprints. He's like, "All right, so this is the ship. These are the things that are getting flooded right now. Uh, the ship was designed to be able to only take in four like rooms of flooding, and it's currently flooding five rooms." Uh oh. And everyone's like, "What does that mean? Does that mean that we can get the you know dump the water out? We can turn the engines around?" And he's like, "No." That's not going to do anything. With that. It's only going to buy us a little bit of time. Minutes at most. And they're all like, what do you mean? And he just looks at them. He's like, the ship's going down. And they're like, what do you mean? This was an unsinkable ship. <laughs> it's most unorthodox. Most unorthodox. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've got this main and very important thing happening. Meanwhile, Jack and Rose have made their way back to uh, the uh, main cabin where Rose's family is. And they're kind of trying to tell them, like, something crazy just happened. Yeah, well, because some people are not taking this seriously. Like, no. there's a couple of people outside kicking the ice around like a soccer ball. And it's like, oh, oh this is so fun. Like, oh, look at uh, this ice. But then Rose and Jack are definitely like, this isn't right. Something happened. So when they're inside this room with everyone, what they didn't realize is our man, BH, put in the heart of the sea in Jack's jacket. Mm-hmm. And so now Billy Zane is like, where is Mob Diamond? Where is it? And then BH is like, oh, it's right here. And Jack's like, this is a bunch. This is baloney, man. Like, we can't. This is shit. Billy Zane's like, look, Rose, you just got duped by this guy. He's just trying to get your money and stuff. And Rose is like, oh, how could you? And then Jack is like, dude, not to (laughs) do this. (laughs) Do this. It's like. And then they drag him off to uh, boat jail, mm-hmm. uh, where BH just kind of stays with him and just tries to menace him with a gun. Yeah, and it's like a really fancy gun too. Yeah, like, it's like, oh a my nice, god, like, dude! Shiny gun. Yeah. Uh, he's in. Yeah, he's in boat jail. Uh, as like kind of the ship starts filling up with more water, Billy Zane tries to control Rose some more, and she's just like not about to have it. And after a while, everyone's finally like. All right, you're gonna have to come up. We're gonna get you in the lifeboats. Uh, you know, we're gonna we gotta gotta evacuate all the people. And then everyone's like, "But this is an unsinkable ship." And <laughs> and there's actually one point where like the like the first mate or one of the pursers or whatever, like comes out and he's like, "Where's everybody? Why is nobody out here?" And the other guy's just like, "Oh, they got really cold, so they went back inside. Nobody really knows what's happening." Yeah. No, uh, I get you don't want to set a panic, but tell them the boat is sinking so they'll try and save their own lives. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that, if this is how it happened in the Titanic, mm-hmm. where like, oh yeah, you know, they didn't have enough boats or stuff. You, I don't know. There's a couple doors you could have ripped off and laid on like Rose. <laughs> <laughs> the true, they could they could have done that, but uh, basically they start loading people out onto boats. Over time, they're they're loading just women and children first. And it's Rose's turn to get on one of the boats with Billy Zane. He's like, all right, Rose, come on, get on the boat. And she thinks about it for a second, and she's like, wait a minute. No. <laughs> this, is, this is stupid. I'm not going to be with you, Billy Zane. I, Jack is the one who's been, who's been there for me this whole time. Yep. And she pieces out and runs around, tries to find anybody that'll help her. And she runs down and finds the, the, the ship creator. And she's like, hey, is there somewhere someone would take someone that would, you know... Puts if there's like some kind of jail and the guy's like, "What are you doing? Get on, get on the lifeboat! Like this thing's going down with or without you." And she's just like, "I'm gonna go. 
I'm going there with or without your help, so it's either gonna it's gonna take shorter time if you help me. Yep. He does. He sends her down there. She finds Jack and tries to get him out, but he's handcuffed to the pole. And so he's like, oh, try and find an extra key or whatever. And she can't find an extra key. And she's like, come on, Jack. Or she, and then Jack's like, come on, Rose. Just like, I don't know, try and find someone. So Rose goes to f- try and find someone, but it's all going crazy because there's all this water. And Rose finds an axe. Yeah, she gets the in case of emergency axe. And so she breaks it out, goes up to Jack and is like, hey, I have an axe. And he's like, all right, let's test it out on that book shelf over there. Uh, tr- hit it once, she hits it once. And then he's like, alright, try and hit it in the exact same spot. She tries and misses by a foot. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, alright, you know, we don't have enough time for this. Um, Jack pulls the handcuffs farther apart. He's like, alright, try your best. And then she, Rose nails it. And Jack's like, oh, okay, that worked. Yeah. Well, let's get the fuck out of here because this water's cold. Yeah. And so they rush off and now they're together. They're really happy. I mean, but they're like neck deep in water at this point. They're like trying to make their way up there. The the hallway is, like, full of water. It's already, like, flooded and, like, drowned two people they tried to help earlier. And they're uh, they're struggling to get up. And at every turn, all the gates are closed. Uh, they, they help lead a revolt of the third-class yeah. passengers <laughs> where they, like, bust down one of the gates. Uh, and everyone's able to, to escape. Uh, but then they, they still keep getting blocked somewhere, so they find an extra escape path where, again, they're, like, super trapped with water. They they find a guy who's got a set of keys. He's very nervous, so he keeps trying to put keys with shaky hand into the lock. And at some point, he's just like, you know what? I dropped the keys. Bye. It deuces. You know, you could have just thrown the keys to him. That yeah. I mean, I don't see any reason why you'd want to keep those keys. You have no reason to keep the keys. Nope. And so Jack and Rose and company are up on the actual ship where people are, you know, docking to get on safe boats. Mm-hmm. Um. And Billy Zane pops up again, correct? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, else. Billy Zane pops up with them, and he's like, come on, Rose, I've got a ship for all of us, a boat for all of us that we can get on. And he he and drags her and Jack over to a boat, and they're like, all right, women and children first. And then uh, Jack and Billy Zane kind of look at each other at the same time, figure out what to do, and they're both like, all right, Rose, get on the boat. And uh, she's like, no, I'm not going to go without you guys. And Billy Zane's like, no, no, I have a deal with this guy in, in this other boat back there which he actually did earlier uh, try and buy off one, mm-hmm. of the, uh, one of the boat guys. And uh, he's like, don't worry, I've got space for me and Jack. And she's like, do you promise? And he's like, of course. The duplicitous fiancé that <laughs> this entire time has lied to you will certainly get you and your, your side piece onto, <laughs> onto this boat. And she's like, okay. And she gets onto her boat, and then Jack just kind of looks at Billy Zane and is like, so uh, how long did it take before you realized I was lying to you? And Jack's like, immediately. <laughs> well, no, Jack's like, all right, I'm assuming there's no arrangement. And Billy Zane goes, not for you, douche. And so now Bill, uh, Rose sees them, the two men as she's going down, and she's just like, you know what? No. And <laughs> jumps off the boat, and everyone around her is like, what? Oh, my God. Most unorthodox. Most unorthodox. Uh, they don't even have time for most unorthodox. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're just getting murdered oh, yeah, everywhere. She she runs, and Jack sees that she jumps off, so he runs to go find her, and he, they meet up down in, like, the kind of, like, main, like, ballroom staircase where they met the first time, and she's just like, I, you know, I can't, I can't do this without you. I need to, and... Billy Zane is uh, not happy. Nope. He's just like, can't believe this is happening. So he goes to his man, 
BH and takes his gun and just starts glocking at him. <laughs> he like fires at both of them, like not caring who, like what's gonna happen. Shit's and getting also the sh- ship's going down, man. Yeah, like I, but I mean, it's a cool scene, and they keep shooting at him. He cha- like chases them down, like they have to go back into the water to escape him, and then he just kind of yells at them. It's like I hope you enjoy the rest, of whatever time you have left. Yes, and so then he sees that they're out of sight. And BH comes by, and Billy Zane just starts cracking up. And BH is like, dude, what is so funny right now? Like, that's sort of fucked up with everything. And Billy Zane's like, the heart of the sea, it's in my jacket. And I gave the jacket to the girl. And then it's like, oh. <laughs> yes. So that's, so Jack and Rose are now back down in the water trying to find a way out. Uh, Billy Zane's gotten back up to the, to the top of the ship. And he sees a kid, and he's just like, ah, fuck this kid. <laughs> and then he goes over to one of the boats, and it's full, and he keeps going to different boats, and BH is just like, they're all full, but I hear that there's a boat at the front. And it's just like, nope, this is full. But along the way, Billy Zane actually gets a really smart idea, picks up the kid that he just ignored, runs to the boat, and is like, this is my little girl. I'm all that she has left in the world. Can I go with her? And the guy's like, yeah, you can. Yeah, he's like, yeah, th- sure, of course, whatever. And then he's just coddling this child he just abducted, yep. being like, oh, it's okay, Missy, or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, so he gets in the boat. Uh, I guess we should like do a, 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 small, just a small death count right now to yeah. say who's, who's where. Okay. So uh, Rose's mom and Kathy Bates' character are in a boat together. Uh, uh, what's his name? Billy Zane is on a boat. Uh, at this point, the captain's given up hope, so he, he's gone to kind of the main captain's area and he's just kind of going to sail the boat until until he dies. The main manufacturer of the boat is just wants to go down with his creation so he stays in the main dining area. Uh, uh, their, their Irish friend Tommy accidentally gets shot by the purser. The purser is very distraught that he killed a guy so he kills himself. Yeah. Uh, Fabrizio gets crushed by one of the steam, this, like, uh, steam stacks or whatever. I actually thought originally when I watched this, that he survived. Yeah. So I was like, all right, he's going to make it. And then it's just... Rrr, I was like, oh, nope. Yes. Not happening. So, and the entire band is dead. Oh, God, yeah, the which, band. We've never, we haven't mentioned them yet, but we can do that later because that's not important to the plot. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's our basic death count at this point where we're basically out of side characters, out of everybody, and it's just down to uh, Jack and Rose. It's like a Game of Thrones episode, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they escape and they get out of their lower area and they make it to the back of the ship where now like the entire front is like falling, so now it's tipping and they're like crawling, like making their way to the back of the ship and it finally cracks in the middle where part of the ship goes down and then they're like for a second like, oh good, our part of the ship is safe. But nope, Mm-mm. that same part just starts tipping up again and as it tips up, I'm doing stuff with my hands, but none of you can see it, because that's what makes more sense. The Basically, the back of the ship, like, the tail end starts going high into the air, so Jack and Rose, like, climb to, like, the very back of the ship, where they, like, first met in the, in the very, very first place, and they climb up, and they're able to, to withstand, because they are at the tip-top, as the ship sinks and gets lower and lower into the water. Jack is like, all right, you gotta hold on to me, otherwise this isn't gonna work. And they get into the water, and they let go. <laughs> but I mean not on purpose it's a, it's a suction like whirlwind basically underwater yeah no I um, 
I would not have thought about that. Uh, so good on Jack, because I probably would have drowned. He's an artist point. and a physicist. Yeah. But uh, Jack and Rose both pop up in separate places. Uh, one guy like is trying to like stabilize himself, so he tries to drown Rose by like, using her as a flotation device. Yes. Jack punches the dude. And it's just, a good, solid punch for yeah, being for your body in the water. It's water like punch. a you know? He's also part Aquaman. Yeah, there we go. Oh, rip. Ripped, am I right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, then Jack drags Rose to a door that he's found floating in the water, and he, like, tosses her up onto it. Point of contention whether he could fit on the door or not. <laughs> uh, but Jack thinks that he can't fit on the door. Like, when he tries to get on earlier, like try, it starts tipping, so he pops off, and he's in the water while Rose is on top of the door. And they kind of, like, stay together for a little bit. They have, they talk, and a good amount of time passes and you can start seeing like snow and ice freezing on top of them. Yeah. They're, uh, they have a whole conversation, Jack and Rose being like, Rose is like, I don't think we're going to make it like this is, there's no point or whatever. And Jack's like, no, we're going to survive this. You're going to have a ton of grandkids, Rose, and you're going to go old and then you're going to die peacefully by yourself with friends and family and memories all around. And Rose is like, okay, okay. Um, and so now they take, a little break. Yeah. And uh, this rescue crew comes by, and Rose wakes up and is like, oh my god, Jack, Jack, they're here. Oh my god, we're saved. Jack? Jack? Jack's just frozen dead in the water. They're, she's trying to, like, kind of get his attention, and her voice is so hoarse, she keeps calling her. She's like, Jack, like, I need you. Like, the boat's coming through, and he's not responding. That's That's it. Yep, and so... She's like, all right, Jack, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll never let go. I'll never let go. What'd she do? She lets go. Well, uh, technically she makes Jack let go because his hand is literally frozen onto her hand. So she actually has to, like, like rig it, pry his hand uh, off of her. And she rolls into the water, swims over to uh, one of the other pursers who had, like, a whistle. And, like, as like with as much strength as she can, with, like, no air and, like, no water in her lungs, she just, like, blows the whistle and, like, blows as hard as she can, and the ship that's there is like, Wait! Turn around, men! Come along! And she is seen, and she's saved, and she, we get back to old Rose, and she's like, There were 1,500 people in that in the water, and they were able to save six of us. Yikes. Big yikes. Big oof. Big oof. She, uh, yeah, so we get that. Uh, Rose is safe. On, the, on, like, a rescue ship that comes to pick up everybody that was on the lifeboats. Uh, she hides herself from, uh, from uh, Billy Zane. She hides herself from also her family. So basically, once they come around asking her what her name is, she doesn't say Rose, fancy last name, fancy last name. She says, I'm Rose Dawson. And she, uh, yeah, lives her life kind of more anonymous, more more uh, quietly, but she still gets to have a life of adventure and fun. Mm-hmm. And so that's the end of Rose's story and all the people around them. Bill Paxton and, like, her <laughs> granddaughter and the, the, other, the other explorers are all around. They kind of hear the story, and at that point they're like, I think we should abandon trying to find this, this jewel. Yeah, and, you know, they give up really fast for putting all this effort into it. But also... She never said you should stop searching. She, they just asked what her story was. Yeah, and uh, it's a vibe, man. Yeah, it's a vibe, but they, yeah, they give up. Bill Paxton talks to uh, Rose's granddaughter and is like, you know, I've been searching for this thing for so long. I guess, you know, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do now. 
Yeah, and so now later we cut to old Rose being on the side of the boat again, and she like grabs on top of the two uh, top bars, and you're sort of thinking like, oh shit, is she gonna jump again? Like, oh, what's gonna happen? And then she opens up her hand, and we see the heart of the sea. And it's, you know, this big blue diamond. Uh, it looks like an Infinity War. <laughs> and she's just like, ah, and throws it into the ocean. Yep. And it goes down, and she's just, like, laughing about it. And I'm just like, oh, man, Thanos is going to have such a tough time. <laughs> He's going to be, <laughs> instead of Red Skull, it's going to be the body of Jack being like, you must give up something <laughs> you love. <laughs> I give up what I love most. Uh, but, yeah, she drops the jewel. She goes to bed, and you kind of, like, then pan over a bunch of photographs of her life, and you really get to see that even though Jack wasn't around, she still got to live a, a very strong life of adventure. She flew planes, she rode horses, she went and did basically everything that she was supposed to do to have a full life. Yep, and so she passes away in her sleep, and we see that she's in heaven now on the Titanic. That's right. Weird place to decide to go to heaven, but you know, that is where the love of her life was. We'll get back to that yeah. in a second. And so it's everyone that had died on the Titanic. Uh, we see Jack waiting on top for her, waiting on the top of the staircase for her. They, she grabs his hand and they start to like dance and we cut to black. Yeah. Yo, she did have a husband okay, that she so married. I do, <laughs> I do have a small defense for this. Okay. I've heard, I've heard people before I'd seen the whole movie like say like, yeah, why don't she go to heaven and only see the Titanic, these people she spent two days with? Because the whole point of that ending was to show these, like, photographs where she's lived a full life. Like, she's had things and she's experienced. And she got her closure. Like, she got everything that she wanted. Just the last little bit of, like, closure in life that she never got was the closure with all the people that she had, like, on the Titanic. Like, that was that was the driving point for her. That was her turning point where she's going back to the Titanic in order to, like, have that, have that final, like, resting place. Because we don't know that that's where she ended up permanently. That was just kind of her her initial like place where she needed to go to, uh, like be with the people that helped in basically influence the entire rest of her life. That's true. Uh, that that's that's the defense that I make because it's because that is the point of the the shot right before that where you see all the photographs of her living living her best life. Like she doesn't hmm. she doesn't need to go to heaven to like re experience all those same things. And I'm sh- I'm sure the Titanic's big enough to hold all the people of her life. Okay, okay, all right. I'm not going to say you convinced me on yeah, that, but that's, that's an argument. I think it's, a, it's up to interpretation, I think. Okay. Yeah, so that is the Titanic. Well, that's the bare bones Titanic. Yeah, we oh yeah, this is the A plot of the Titanic. We just did Jack and Rose, and we, like, kind of hit some of the other people, but there's a lot of other stuff going on, like... And there's a, we kind of skipped a lot of really good stuff, like, explaining why Rose's mother is, like, so intent on having her marry Billy Zane. Yeah. We got a lot... There's a lot of good stuff with the the engineer and the captain, and the band gets a few moments where they get to, you know, try and calm people down, and then you realize that they're, you know, they're their own people as well. Yeah, no, I mean, they do really well with these smaller scenes, and that's the stuff that works... makes the movie work so well. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a lot of good planting and paying off where, like, Oh, Jack teaches Rose how to spit like a hot a loogie, and then at one point Billy Zane's trying to like, oh come on, we need to go on the book uh, on the boats, and then Rose hawks a loogie at him like, yeah. good, planting and paying off. Well, there's and a lot of subtle ones too, where the 
the car where they end up having sex in is actually like being brought up onto the boat and you get to see that that's where you first see like people like doing work on the boat uh. is when they're lifting that boat onto it and then you see like there's like the little girl that uh, Jack dances with when they're having a big party and that girl was actually at the very beginning where uh, where she's like that's a big boat and then uh, or the dad's like that's a big boat and she's like that's a ship because like, there's a very, a lot a, a lot of those like things that show up twice uh-huh. but it's a really good like instead of making it all feel like it comes out of nowhere and like the the person with the whistle that she like grabs at the very end like they keep cutting back to him whenever they're in the water right like showing that everybody's dead basically so it's it's one of those things where it's they nothing ever comes out of nowhere yeah no it's really good um the smaller scenes are what makes it, uh, but that doesn't work great for a super short summary. Yes, the, the, the things that worked well, and also they're not as much fun to make jokes about. So. That is true. That is true. Yeah, no, I would say this is uh, unorthodox, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone uh, treats them as if, oh, everyone's so unorthodox. Yeah. Don't, don't be so unorthodox. Be orthodox with us, please. Well, yeah, there's a point in the movie where, you know, Jack just had this fancy dinner with everyone. Everyone is like dispersing and the men are drinking the brandy and talking politics um and it's like oh this is a party isn't it <laughs> and then you cut downstairs and it's all like third class passengers and they're having like an irish bar dance yeah. and it's like lively and stuff and then our boy bh comes out and looks down and he's like hmm i'm most unorthodox term <laughs> yeah i mean that is an entire like section that we had to skip just because we, guys, if we talked about every part of the movie, we would be here for, like, the entire length of the movie. Because you yeah. have to explain each little detail that leads to the next one. Exactly. I mean, yeah, overall, it's fairly, fairly solid. Uh, some some of the performances lead, left a little bit to be desired, but I don't think that was his main focus when he was making this movie. You know, it still worked out for him, you know? Like we said before, 11 uh, Academy wins, 14 nominations. Yes. Like, that's a the biggest feat via Oscar history exactly. so, so far. I mean, it. Uh, the weird thing is the, the three that it lost for were the two acting awards it was up for and for makeup. Oh. So it's super great at everything. Uh, it's worth being recognized for acting, but not winning. Uh, and... <laughs> And the screenplay doesn't get a nomination. Yeah. I honestly, I would probably go to bat for the screenplay here and there. There are some dumb spots, but eh, overall. But that's what we're here for, is to is to do a little fixing. True. Have we, have we done an Academy Award-nominated screenplay yet? I mean, Christy and I talked about Academy-nominated Shark Tale, but I don't know if we've done any other yeah, ones. Yeah, because that was animated feature, but yeah. I don't know if, we did any, if we've um, actually done a, a screenplay nomination. If, if we have, leave it in the comments, guys. <laughs> I don't think we have, unless we're back, a dinosaur story got something. I don't think so, which I think this means that this is technically the best movie that we've had, that we've done a Doctor Script for. Yeah, no, uh, on paper, that's probably true. You, you don't think the Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed is a better movie? You know, uh, again, another award show, maybe, <laughs> but uh, not the Oscars. I think you're right. I think you're right, so... I guess without further ado, should we start, should we jump into it? Yeah, let's jump into it. This is our one year anniversary of the Dr. Script show, yes. talking about Titanic. So, what do what's, you, the, well, what's the first big thing you want to change? <sighs> do we want big things or like subtle things right now? I think now? we should start big first. Just Really? Well, I, well, we always go broad strokes first okay. and then go into like the minutia. All right. Well, this is probably the number one question everyone's thinking about. What do we do if Jack survives? I do think about it because like, 
the story would work, I think, just as well if he does survive. I don't know if it would. If I keep Are you going, sure? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think, I think it, I think it could, but it would have to be a thing where like either he like died early, mm-hmm. and like Rose was still able to live her life after that, because you know it's one of the things where Jack was like, we we lived through some tragedy. This is nothing compared to that. You can you can keep going. You can persevere. Uh, or he could, you know, grow old with her, and, he's, and she's just like, and they're just like, wait, so where's Jack? And she's just like, he took the second flight out, and then he shows up <laughs> like right then. I don't know, it's, it's cheesier, and it's like, it's less sad, but I don't think it's less impactful if he survives. Okay, I, I do think it's less impactful if he survives, because... There are some people that have argued like, oh, the iceberg is the villain of Titanic and everything. <laughs> well, no, and, Billy Zane is the villain of Titanic. Yeah, okay, Billy Zane and the iceberg are like equals. But there's some people I've seen online that definitely defend like, oh, no, the iceberg is actually the hero because the reason why Jack and Rose work so well is because they're in like, oh, the honeymoon phase and everything's great and la, la, la. But if they had actually made it to America together, they would have had to deal with like, being a husband and wife and, you know, being in poverty. And if you watch BoJack Horseman, <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> when BoJack's parents get together, where at that time when they first, mm-hmm. you know, get BoJack's mom pregnant, it's like, oh, we're crazy, we're young, we'll do it. But then as they get older, they're like, I was stupid, like, blah, blah, blah. I should have married Mr. Goatface over there. True. My counterpoint to that okay. is that I bet James Cameron wouldn't have written it like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he would have made it more open-ending. But, like, I mean, he did end it on a pretty down... down Down-ish notes. Like, the last 20 minutes or whatever, down. I think what what would be... I'm going to have two different pitches right now. So, he survives and goes on the boat with uh, everyone. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, we survived, blah, blah, blah. And then Billy Zane shoots him. And then Billy Zane kills himself. No, yes. Well, we did already have a person. I know that that's the one thing that I'm like, eh, about. Yes, that's a little repetitive, but then it's like, oh, it's another Greek tragedy. I don't know, something like that. I feel like that would almost feel like. Because I do get what you're going for there. It's like, we did it, we made it. And of course, the asshole with the gun is the one that's going to, like, ruin it. That, like, they did all of that stuff and it's for nothing. Yeah. And I think the audience would revolt <laughs> at that because it's like they put in so much work and did everything. It's all like if the movie was about <laughs> almost nihilism or about like the pursuit of something and it just adds up to nothing, uh-huh. then maybe. But because Titanic is mostly supposed to be about romance and adventure and very like surface level kind of things, uh-huh. I would worry that Billy Zane killing him would ruin everything for everyone. I, I, I see what you're going for, yeah. there, but I think it di- I think it has to be in a different movie where that happens. Okay, Plan B for Jack surviving. What if he like is still alive and everything, and he has like dementia, or like he just can't remember anything anymore, oh. and the only thing that like he remembers is like seeing the heart of the ocean, and that like triggers all the memories back. And he's like, oh, where's Rose? Where's Rose? And blah blah blah. And so instead of Rose throwing the priceless heirloom whatever in the ocean it's like jack's constant thing that he looks at uh to remind him of stuff so would he be in the movie throughout or would he only be at the end uh only at the end okay and like he's not going to the retire he's not on the boat or anything he's still in a retirement home and that's like one of the reasons why rose hasn't sold the heart of the sea is because he she wants to make sure like he's still living a life because maybe he's had dementia for 10 years or something now so that's like 
he just constantly yeah. lives in that, oh, I'm happy right now. Like, this yeah. brings me all my memories. It's the only and, way to keep him around. Yeah. I think that's a good... I think I like that one, actually. Because it's... it's it, it keeps him alive, but it still keeps it bittersweet because she still gets to keep Jack, but obviously, then it shows that nothing is permanent, and even though they survived the Titanic, they can't survive time. Yeah. And maybe, like... <laughs> this is a bit cheesier, but when Rose dies, Jack also dies, and they, like, go to heaven together, and then, I don't know, Jack gives the heart of the sea to Bill Paxson in a letter or something. Is that too I out think, there? I think if the movie wasn't already three hours and 12 minutes, <laughs> I would like that, because, like, if it was, like, you know, two hours and it was going to add an extra ten minutes or so, I think that'd be good. I think at that point it would be a little too long, like, to have that long of an epilogue. Okay. That's but I, fair. But I think I think if they if we did do that where it, it instead of ending it on uh uh Jack uh or ending it on Rose dying and going to heaven instead, if Jack is still alive, Rose goes back to the retirement home and they kinda live there together and, and he's like holding like the thing and Yeah, like, and that's the reveal that where it is. Yeah. Okay, okay. And, and yeah. it ends on that where it's just like close ups on the two of them where they're looking at each other and then it fades to white. Okay, okay, that works too. You don't want... Okay, little scene. <laughs> it's just like the Billy... Not Billy Zane. Bill Paxton's kid opens up a package and she's just playing makeup with uh, the heart of the sea and then Bill Paxton's like, what do you got there? And then the daughter's just like, oh, it's my new jewelry, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, whoa, 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 no, it's not. Wait a minute. And then, yeah, you know, it's like, from your, your number one... I don't fucking know. Yeah. Something stupid. Again, I think it's a, a it's an interesting yeah. idea, but yeah, the movie yeah, should yeah. end on Jack and Rose. So I no, think, no, yeah. I agree. It's just a stupid side <laughs> thing. I was like, oh. <laughs> so what what about you? What's something you would want to change that was uh, big? I would like to either make Billy Zane more outright villainous mm-hmm. or make him a, a like a tragic character. Okay. Where he... He, either he's like just complete villain like there's no kind of redeeming qualities like he he has a handlebar mustache and everything bit. it seems like he's being this like you know aggressive in like the way that he does in a traditional toxic relationship where like he does love Rose but he's just like a bad guy so he can't he's not a good he can't like do good things uh-huh. I, I would either rather him be just completely villainous where he's like if I marry a lady with your name and status you'll be perfect. So you'll be the perfect bride, won't you? Mm. And do that kind of thing and where he like picks up the kid. Do they ever say stop that kid or is that We never see, but I mean, she d- she finds out that he survived and went to the did well for himself for 17 years then killed himself when he lost all his money. So we don't want him adopting that kid. And well, that's the second part. Again, like how you did the two sides of Jack, or we make him a tragic character uh-huh. in which when he like hurts Rose he, like, feels, like, an immense amount of guilt for doing it, but he just can't stop doing it because he doesn't know any other way. Uh-huh. So that when he does, like, tell Jack, like, don't worry, we'll get on a lifeboat, uh, you and I, he, and he's like, are you lying to me? He's like, I don't want to, but if it comes down to it, I will pick me, but I will try and find a way for us. But then, obviously, Rose hops off the boat, and she, like, runs to go get him. What he sees that Jack doesn't explain to Rose that he was going to get them a boat, that's when he goes crazy, gets the gun, is like... I'm going to kill you. And then he's like, oh, shit, what have I done? Like, throws the gun away. And then when he does pick up the kid, goes on the boat, and then, like, holds the kid, like, tight. Like, he's like, okay, fine. You're my kid now. Okay. We can explicitly also have a dead parent. uh, Yeah. So that that, he's not just stealing a child. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. 
I do think if we have him be a little more likable, we really dislike Rose that much more. Because then it's like, well, you just left this really nice guy who had all this money. Well, not really. I think the second that he slaps her uh, in the first place, it just shows that, like, they shouldn't be together. Yeah. She should be running away from this. But he also needs to get better. Okay. So I think think at that point, once they've, like, once he gets on the boat and, like, he's got the kid, almost they could even, like, at that point, when they're on the, the new safety ship, they look at each other and she sees that he's holding the kid and he, like, notices her. But they both, like, unspokenly decide that they're not going to acknowledge each other and they're going to go live their own separate lives. Okay, I do, I do like that. I do like him being more of an asshole yeah. more. So it's, it's, it's bigger, it's, it's a, it depends on which thing you're going for, and I do think in a James Cameron movie, just make him more villainous. Yeah, be like, hmm, we need all this unantanium on the ship, guys. We need Why to- is the unantanium <laughs> on the ship? <laughs> It's holding it down. That's what causes yeah. everything. It w- the Titanic sinking was a huge cover-up by the government, you know? <laughs> Just like the aliens. Yes. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, I mean, I, d- I like the idea of the tragic character, but I would also worry that it might the minutiae might get lost in the fact that he, he hurts Rose, and we don't really want to like him in that way. Yeah. So I would say make him more villainous in that case. What's something else you think you could do that's villainous? I mean, I think when he's shooting at them, he could have... Reckless abandon and just sh- accidentally shoot other people on the boat. Ooh, okay, that's good. Do you? I think what would be cool is if he's the one that shuts the gates, uh, so the third class people can't mm-hmm. get in. You know, oh, true, he, he locks it. That. He's like, "There's no room. You're, you're not worth it," and yeah. it runs out. Or like maybe he just sees the crowd of people coming and doesn't even say that. Just locks, locks the door. The or it's Jack and everyone. He sees a crowd of people with Jack and Rose, and he's like, eh, no. No. Turns the key and runs off. True. And then also when Rose sees that, and she can try and plead with him, be like, no, no, Billy Zane, I'll, I'll love you forever. And he's like, ah. <laughs> and then you just see that he's a villain. Okay. Yeah, I like that. One thing that I think that the movie never talks about that was really interesting was the mom, Rose's mom's mm-hmm. uh, perspective and like whole mentality of the movie. Because the thing that we didn't get to talk about is Rose's mom wants Rose to marry Billy Zane because Billy Zane's really wealthy and high status. And uh, Rose's dad had spent all of their money and left the Rose and her mom in a ton of debt. So they're not rich or anything. Yeah, they just have their name, so they're basically, like, relying on Billy Zane's parents and, like, family to, like, pay for all of their stuff as long as they can, because if, if they break up, there's no there's no finances at all anymore. No, and so that's the number one thing that uh, Rose's mom's always worried about, like, just like, oh, if we're going to keep this lifestyle, you got to do this, and Rose is like, I don't want this lifestyle, and Rose's mom's like, no, you, you want this lifestyle, and, I mean... Because, yeah, it's, it is a genuinely, like, really... It was more nuanced than I was expecting there to be, like... And it makes total sense why this is happening. It doesn't just feel like forced marriage for the sake of forced marriage. Like, if we make Billy Zane more villainous, we should make the mom a little bit more uh, nuanced and more uh, straightforward. Or, like, more uh, conflicted about what she wants to do. Yeah, because, like... She her story's completely abandoned. Like there's no follow up. We don't. I don't even think we really hear what happens to her in the end. No, we don't because I mean I'm sure Rose never found out what happened to her mom. Well, just didn't care enough to. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> well, I mean because after the thing is she was able to hear about Billy Zane afterwards because he's still a rich guy and she's still be in the newspapers. 
But after she left and her mom wasn't given any extra money, her mom probably had to turn back to just being... Uh, she even said, like, do you want me to become a seamstress or whatever? So I think that's probably what happened to her. What's a seamstress? Uh, a, a tailor. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> Good job title. Uh, but she, yeah, I mean, she she probably didn't have anything, so her Rose was never able to probably get back in touch with her mom. I would have liked to follow up on that. You know, I um, totally agree that there should have been something, and it would have been cool if there was some other story where her mom was actually in the exact same position where her... You know, Rose's dad was actually as abusive as Billy Zane was, like in a similar way where she had to do this, and it's just it's less of like a thing where it's it's just a woman's role. What if it, it's like a cruel cycle that just keeps happening with each person? Yeah, and you just need one person to break the chain. Okay, I like that idea of her dad being abusive, like Billy Zane and everything. It would just need one more scene of her of her mom and her talking. What would you want more from the mom though? Like so. What's her story arc, I guess? Uh, I would say her arc would be, uh, like, accepting that her daughter is somewhere else. Because it'd be, it'd be good if there was some way of... Uh, or accepting that her daughter is gone. Mm-hmm. Either whether she's on, in a new life or she thinks that she's, like, completely dead. Because since her mom didn't actually get to see her come off the boat, she might just be living her entire life thinking that Rose could be alive. Uh-huh. And... What would be interesting is if, like, they have, you know, their first, you know, they interact the whole movie, but they have their first scene together where she's like, you have to do this because I don't want to become a seamstress. And then later on, she's like, okay, I don't want, I want you to do this, but I don't want you to do this because I have the exact same thing, but this is what's best for you. And then if, uh, like, Rose's mom is able to, like, see her, like, on the door and thinks that she's dead, mm-hmm. then that could be just a thing where she turns to, like, the Kathy Bates character and, like, cries, and that's that's her conclusion. It's like, okay, her loop is closed. Like, she tried to push her daughter into these things, and now this is what became of her, or yeah. what she thinks has become of her. I sort of want her arc to be uh, how, like, how much is she willing to deal with until enough is enough? Mm-hmm. So, like, say, instead of the maid character that comes out to help Rose out after she's been slapped, it's the mom being like, oh, are you all right? And she's like, no, like, you slapped me. And she's just like, oh, it's okay. That's, you need to be in a woman's role. Like, you just not very... It's part of the job. Yeah. And so the whole time it's just like, no, 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 it's fine. He's a good guy. And she's just in denial. And then maybe at the point where Billy Zane is literally shooting at her, <laughs> she's like, all right, maybe he's not as good as I thought. And then she, like, stands up to Billy Zane to give them enough time to run out. And maybe that's Billy Zane's really, like, evil moment was where he shoots the mom. Well, that could happen, too, yeah. Yeah, because then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, Billy Zane is bad. The mom just had her story arc, and Rose is more sad. It would be really... It's going to be a bad night for Rose, no matter what. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's a very bummer night, but it also does feel a little bit better if she does that uh-huh. so that we never actually hear about Rose trying to get in touch with her mom again. Yeah. And uh, exactly. Then we don't need to hear that. Yeah. But we need, if we're going to do that, we need some more one-on-one scenes or a scene with the mom and Rose talking to each other. But the thing is, there are so many one-on-one moments yeah. in this movie. It's hard to say we need to do more of that. Well, I would take out a couple of the moments of either the, the captain, the engineer, or the, like, press guy like the guy who loves good press yeah because those are three characters that are all tragic and have a lot of scenes where they're talking to different people and like just further explaining the ship is unsinkable just take out one of those rip that out and insert the scene where rose's mom is like your dad was abusive too yeah 
I would I would say that's the, that's how we fix that for the running time problem because as much as I do kind of like those scenes because I really liked the uh, the engineer guy like the guy yeah, who created the ship me too and for as thin as thinly sketched as the captain was like his was also tragic where he you know was so happy to be the captain but he was really bad at it yeah so he's like I'm gonna go down with my ship I can the least I can do is be a good captain in that way yeah I know it's all. Uh... It's all about ego, man. It's just like you want more and more, but you're already on top of the Titanic. And exactly. I don't know, it's whole... And now you're at the bottom of the Titanic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think if we take out one or two of those scenes and just put in the conversation with her mom somewhere in the middle. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, what else would you want to tackle? Um, not much else. It's really solid otherwise. I mean, it, it really is just like... If there's a way to tighten up some of the side characters, or to remove them altogether, I guess the side characters do work because it's like, oh, what are they up to? And then when they do die, you're like, oh no, uh, Febreze. Well, yeah, or whatever. And that, that was the thing that I was going to talk about later once we get out of surgery, because James Cameron's style is—he does a really good job at like making everything count and pay off, even if it's a one-dimensional thing. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, though, is is Rose stupid or is she in love? Like that, because the whole time when I was watching it, I was like, "Man, she's really spoiled and dumb, and like really sort of just thinking for herself." Because when for the f- second time that she's on a boat and decides to jump off, once she's gone, Jack and Billy Zane's main priority is like, "How do we get off the ship now?" Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, great, Rose is back. Now we need to figure out how to get her off and then Bauer. Well, I mean, I'm sure she I'm sure she knew the whole time that Billy Zane was lying and saying that Jack wouldn't get on another boat. So, like, it wasn't a thing where, like, her jumping off, like, it impeded things for them. Like, Jack was not going to get off that boat no matter what. I, so I think, I, he, yeah, he, he, probably. He could have. But. The problem is, though, that the only method that they knew left was, like, you know, one or two boats left that Billy Zane knew about that, she knew he was not going to let Jack get on. Yeah. So if he was in control of those boats, because she did, at, and he did say, I have a deal with the with the guy in charge of the boats, which means that Rose could easily interpret that as, my deal is that Jack doesn't get on the boats. Mm, okay. So I don't think Rose is stupid. I do see her as being very, like, solidly, like, singly focused. Because uh-huh. she does prove that she's very smart, like, earlier when she talks about, you know, I noticed this, the number of rowboats on here is not equal to the number of passengers that we could be having on the boat. So she's smart. Like, she does see stuff. But I do think that especially when, like, the the impending doom is happening, she gets very, like, singly focused and, like, does irrational things. But I don't think they're without merit or necessarily without, like, a reason. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's, like, blonde dumb or anything like that. But, like... It, it did bother me a little bit. Um, I, mean, I'm, I feel like Jack's, a, like, a little bit dumb, dumber than her, though. Cause, like, really? His, his method of going about certain things feels a little, like, it only works because he's adorable and charming. Okay. Like, I mean, it, it, trying to talk her off the ledge, like, he, he approaches it in, like, not a great way. Because you're not really supposed to do, like, all that. Where it's like, hey, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. It's like... He did a good job later where he, like, distracted her with a story and, like, uh-huh. tried to tell her how it was going to be bad if she jumped. But then he also, like, tethered himself to her, which adds so much more guilt to someone ordinarily. Because mm-hmm. if you're like, 
no, if you jump, I jump. And she's like, that's not fucking fair. I jump. <laughs> and so she would have done that. And then, like, I don't know, he, he does not really go out of his... Like, he talks about, like, oh, no, we need to be hidden. But he doesn't really go out of his way when they're, like, doing stuff to, like, you know, find a place where they can hide or do anything. Like, he he drags her on stage to dance and, like, picks, like, you know, the mo Like, he goes, like, and is, like, the life of the party, which is fun. But also, like, you know, you're trying to keep a bit of a low profile here. Yeah, that's true. And, like, and I'm pretty sure it's, like, his idea to run out of the cabin when, uh, when the henchman shows up. And it's just like, whatever, we'll run. And, like, I, I totally get it, but also Jack, like, he doesn't make the best decision. Like, they're both kids. The yeah. main point of this is that they're both 17 years old. Yeah. Like, they are young, young people, so they do are bound to make stupid decisions. So I don't fault them for it, really. I think the stupid decisions are part of their characters. Okay. Yeah, I guess that it, that is fair-ish. I still think Jack is a bit smarter, but that's true. They are young and stupid. Yeah, because so. I... I think there's a difference between, you know, people being smart and just not doing perfect things. Yeah. And I think they just don't make the perfect moves, but I don't think that makes them dumb necessarily. Mm, all right, all right. So you were talking about side characters. What do you want to do with them? Uh, it's... I maybe just get rid of one or two. Mm-hmm. Because I totally, like, get it that, you know, you've got emotions and you feel for them, and I did just compliment James Cameron on his ability to, like, get people to uh, to care about these one-dimensional characters. But, I mean, do we really need the the Irish, like, roommates or whatever that they're, like, around? Or do we need, you know, some of the extra, you know, the kids that they pick up or seen every once in a while? Uh, and it's, you know, maybe the band doesn't need a story. We just, <laughs> we just get back to them every once in a while. Yeah. If I would say I would take out the Irish friend and instead of like, you know, cutting back to him a bunch, uh, Fabrizio is like trying to, uh, it's, it's Fabrizio that gets shot when the purser, uh, does like, ha- cause when, cause the whole thing is like the person has like the gun. It's like, don't come near or I'll start shooting you guys. And he shoots the Irish friend and then Fabrizio's like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. And he has to mourn over him and then he gets hit by the steam, like the steam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead, what if Fabrizio was the one that got shot, the purser kills himself, and we just don't have the Irish friend. Yep, that's what I was going to say too. Uh, it's yeah. just like, same thing, you know, maybe Fabrizio's talking about the American dream, like, oh, I'm going to be a, I don't know, a freaking... Sh- Taylor, like yeah. uh, Rosen's mom, and then I'm gonna marry a nice woman that I've been pen, pen pals with for a bit, and uh, Gloria, I'm gonna find you, or something <laughs> like that. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, look at that, and then dead. And I honestly might combine not the characters necessarily, but the character stories of the captain and the engineer. Okay. Because they yeah. both decide to die on the ship because they're their babies. Mm hmm. But the, the captain is a little less strong. So maybe take the take the the intensity of that and give that to the engineer where he you know has planned out everything he's like made everything and then he just is like all right I'm gonna go down with my ship yeah I think that works because the captain on paper would know like all right here's the engineering stuff we can fill this up like the basics like yeah. he's not gonna be like in detail, like, all right, and at this point, then the ship's going to crack in two, and then the bottom part is going to go sink in first, creating a suction hole, and, you know, we we don't really need that. Explain the guys in uh, the 
Bill Paxton crew sort of explained that, so you don't need the captain to reiterate yeah. that. So I, I do think the captain and the engineer are basically the same. So yeah, let's save you, those couple scenes. Yeah, you can still have the captain like around as like a background extra, but you don't need you don't need him to have a story arc. Oh, so you think we I, I, combined I, the engineer like it's the engineer we're following or the captain we're following well because the captain's the guy that his end of the story is when he's like standing you know in in the sh- in the steering room room yeah and the thing crashes and i think his story is a lot thinner yeah and i like the engineer better the engineer has a lot more stuff going on with him i agree but i think we could just give all that engineer stuff to the captain because i feel like the captain feels more guilt because it's like shit, I really <laughs> fucked up here. Like, True. I should not have let my ego get to me and be like, oh, we're here on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. And I overworked everyone where I didn't have to. And now when he's running around being like, Rose, no, just, like, find a boat. Like, this is going down. It's more yeah. heartfelt because he's, like, trying to make up for all the things, the disaster that he caused. Because, like, I the engineer, it's not his fault that someone crashed into an iceberg. True. I just guess I like... I think the engineer has more to offer, which is why I was taking the captain stuff and giving it to him. Uh-huh. But I guess we could take the better story and give it to the captain. Yeah. So, either way, one of the char- one of the characters stays, one of the characters goes. Yeah, exactly. Just combine the two, you know. It's, <laughs> it's not the worst thing ever. Yeah. That's about it for me. I didn't have too much that I really wanted to change. Yeah, no, again, this is a really good movie. It's earned its title and everything. I don't really have it. I have a tiny thing, I guess, but this is more adding to the screen, the overall runtime. If it was a scene, it'd be like, (laughs) all right, this is getting cut. I want another scene where Kat and Cal, Billy Zane, are like really starting to butt heads. Like just say like, oh, it's a poker game and they're betting shit again. Maybe it's repetitive something like that, that Cal underestimates his opponent because he's like, oh, it's a street rat. (laughs) And he's, um, gets duped. Jack gets some more money, something like that. Mm. Maybe he gets the heart of this ocean and then Billy Zane steals that back or something like it. Or if he wins it in the poker game, maybe Billy Zane could be like, he stole it and there's like nobody to prove that he didn't steal it. Yeah. Or Billy Zane does win, but he cheats. And then that's where he first tells Jack, like, hey, I always win. And then we hear that again and again. It sets it up a little bit, you know? I don't think it's needed. I think it's cool to see the rivalry more a bit. And I don't want to say it comes out of nowhere, but, like, Billy Zane doesn't take him seriously and then really takes him seriously, and there's no, like, escalation, really. The way that you would fix that traditionally is to make the story last longer in, like, movie time uh-huh. so instead they'd be on the boat for a week but that's not what happened in real life because i that's that's my main thing with almost everything is i'm like add more time to it but that's not what happened so i i think that's a better idea is just to add a, a, a poker scene or something to to show them actually competing they're playing shuffleboard <laughs> like <laughs> yeah but that's really it for me i can't think of anything that i would want to change but i think we talked about some good stuff i think we got some good stuff but now, out of surgery, mm-hmm. uh, the thing that I want to know the most, specifically about this movie, what do you feel about James Cameron? <sighs> um, I mean, what's the first thing he ever did? Piranhas 2 or something like that? a Piranha movie, <laughs> but I mean, then that was followed up with The Terminator. Yeah, I mean, James Cameron's like, you can't really say he's a bad filmmaker. Um, he definitely takes his time. I've been yes. waiting for that Avatar sequel for almost... 10 years now? Uh, 2009. Yeah, 10 years. So, 
yeesh. Like, he's a very big visionary, and he gets his stuff done and really pushes the bounds of technology. So, I mean, this this might be a a controversial thing to say, because he's not one of my favorite filmmakers, and I don't really like him. Uh Uh-huh. But he might be one of the best filmmakers of all time, and that's a that's a it's a big thing to say because he's only made like seven movies. Yeah, but I'm not gonna fight you on it. Like I would, yeah. Keep going. He's got because he's got like the two that might not count because are Piranha mm-hmm. and The Abyss, and people find stuff to like about The Abyss. It's got good technology, good like effects and stuff. Yeah. But then you've got Terminator and Terminator Two. You've got Aliens. You've got the Titanic, and you've got Avatar. Yep. Like, five, like, iconic, like, you could call masterpieces. And again, stuff that he's he's not great at dialogue. He's not great at subtle characters. But I, I can tell you that every time a character died, or even if I didn't know them, I cared. Like, everything mattered. Everything is huge, even when it's small. Like... He, he is really good at this. Yeah, no, it's... The only other directors I could really think that are better are Spielberg, mm-hmm. Scorsese, in a way, you know, yeah. and... At least just the ones that are, like, alive now, because... Oh, mean, yeah, 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 that's all I was saying. Because uh, I'm going to be, like, he, he's, like, then, he's uh, up with, like the, like, the epic directors of, like, way back when, like, Kurosawa and, like, John Ford, like, I, I would put him up there with that, like, maybe not... Not with the same deft hand, again, with subtlety, uh-huh. but, like, when it comes to doing something big and also making you feel something at the same time, like, it's it's incredible. His his attitude sometimes, and maybe some of the... His method of getting through these things and taking as long as he does, I'm not a big fan of, but when he puts out a movie, it's, a, it's an event. Yeah, that's true, and it's so weird, because everyone always is like, nope, this is going to be the one that doesn't help, that James Cameron's done, blah, 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 and... People said that by Titanic. Yep. It was the most, you know, most money made ever for a bit. And then got passed up by Avatar. Avatar, Which is also his. Yeah. And even, like, Alita Battle Angel, people are like, wow, this is going to tank. looks terrible. And he only, like, produced that. And it still made money. So. Yeah. It it opened decently. Like, it still held. And, like, it's still known in the worldwide. And also the one movie I forgot, (laughs) James Cameron's, which feels like the least like his, is True Lies. Oh, that's right. It's oh, with, uh, God, Schwarzenegger True Lies. And, uh, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, which, again, as a movie, it's it's a big spectacle. It's, again, not subtle. But, God, is it entertaining? It's 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 also outdated Yeah, uh, some of the things that it does, but it is, it's very entertaining. I just remembered Cameron was going through a messy divorce at the time with that one, and it definitely shows. Yes, <laughs> yes, it, yes it does. He's been through a few messy divorces. Yeah, but... Um, yeah. yeah. He comes out on the other side. Yeah, he does. I, I agree. I don't think his methods of getting there were uh, super cool, but, you know, he gets results. He gets results. He puts out good movies, things that people will see, and that are, are game changers for cinema, whether they're narrative-wise or technology-wise. That's true. Yeah. Um, interesting guy. Interesting guy. Well, are you excited for Avatar 2? I, if it ever happens, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> they've, been, they've been in post for like two and three for months now, like, and it's it got pushed back again. Like they just recently pushed it back so that now, because Disney obviously owns Fox, they're changing the schedule so that now it's gonna be Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, and do that trade off for like three or well, I guess like six to seven years. God, 
I just can't even. December is going to be so much more stressful. Or not stressful, just so much more happening. Yes. Uh, but yeah. yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nothing specific. I mean, what are your what are some of your favorite memories from the last year of our of our potting time? Of uh, one year. Um, again, I, we said it a lot. The Grinches were a lot of fun. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, I mean, some of them are fun. Some of them hurt me. Yeah, I would say, you know, Kingdom Hearts. I really liked pitching that. That was probably one of my favorite episodes we've done. Okay. Star Wars month was a ton of fun. Oh yeah. I really liked what we had to say about Pirates Four, Indiana Jones. Yeah, I guess that stuff. What, what about you? I mean, I, I'm, I, I feel like people are talked about some some of our earlier, uh, earlier things that happened. So you know, I, I thought Frozen was gonna be huge, and like you know, it's it, I think we had some pretty solid ideas on that, especially before that Frozen Two trailer came out. So yeah. we tried to uh, pitch that one out a little bit. Uh, my sadness as Chicken Little was not coming through to fruition as I hoped it would. Is <laughs> an iconic moment. Yeah, I mean, all the Grinches, except for one, are uh, were fun to do. Uh, and yeah, Star Wars looked like. That was, that was great. Yeah, Spongebob movie was good. Oh, Spongebob movie was great. Um, your pitch about Jaws the Revenge oh. making that up. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Jaws the Revenge. Yep, that one. I think weirdly, I think Alien versus Predator was kind of fun. Yeah. Like I mean, it was it was it was not like you know one that's super stands out as like a thing that people want to, to hear about, but like I thought it was interesting and I, the idea that they're also you know new Predator movies are happening. <laughs> Should they is the question. Exactly. Right? But yeah, and all that, and I mean, my favorite episodes are always the most recent ones we finished. <laughs> what would you say is your favorite thing that you fixed? Uh, Ooh, like was, first things that come to mind, I guess, because uh, that's sort of be fixed. Is it bad to say that it might just be Pokemon from before? <laughs> like, I care so much about it, and I'm glad we had a chance to work on something like that. Yeah, no, I liked our uh, stuff on that. I forget what was some of the other things that we worked on. I mean, again, recently, like Aladdin. I think that was a pretty solid way of like putting that together without ruining the thing that it is at its core. Yeah, yeah well, it'll be interesting when that movie comes out. Uh, I think it might have so. It, yeah, maybe, pretty yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, after that, Kingdom Hearts. I think our our yeah. whole adaptation was like, I think it's pretty solid. Me I, too. I, I you I'm know waiting for Disney to call us up. If anyone's listening, yeah, I'm sure Disney Plus. You know, hit us up. Uh, if you're a manager, you know, we'll pitch Kingdom Kingdom Hearts to anyone. Please. I really like the stuff that we had for the happening. Oh yeah, the happening. <laughs> That's just a fee- I I can't tell what viewing of the happening is what anymore. I've seen oh, it too many times. Yeesh. Oh, goosebumps! The fact that it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I'm I'm just going out on on that limb and just being like, yeah, That's... I had a good time with that. Like these these movies don't always have to be painful for us to try and fix them. They sometimes are the the middle of the road ones, the ones that are actually kind of fun that we really want to be better. Yeah, I agree. I really liked our Hangover 2 fixes, too. I know that we're just saying we liked what we did and really giving us a pat in the back. <laughs> every episode that we've ever done and find something good yeah. about it. But uh, it's because every episode is just fun and unique, and it's, di- it's a different a different way of doing things. I mean, there's there's some that I don't remember too well, like a little bit of Mission Impossible 2. I'm not... Can't tell you a lot about. We're back at Dinosaur Story. I can tell you the summary that it got batshit crazy. But I don't really know exactly how we fixed it. But there's, there's always there's a few there's memories to take from each from each recording. Phantom Menace also. Phantom Menace. Good one. 
liked all the stuff we did that we are just saying hey we did a good job on this we did, we did a, good a good job, job. <laughs> but one year it's a good it's a vibe man i didn't i didn't know if we would get to a year we've basically been podcasting for a year straight besides that last three weeks we took off yeah but it was a deserved break it's it's a whole year of, of doing this stuff we've, we've earned a few weeks off yeah exactly Anything else you want to pat yourself, pat uh, yourself on the back for? <laughs> just, I want to pat us on the back for all the five-star reviews we've been getting. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys for all that. It's really nice seeing all that, seeing that people really listen to it. So if you do have the time, like, it's one year. You, if you guys have been listening to us for one year, just give us a quick five stars. It takes two seconds. Write a review. Just be like, yo, good job. Like it, thumbs up, middle finger, whatever. (laughs) We appreciate you for your your style and for yourselves. Yeah, and then if you do want to catch us on the most social on all the social medias, got Instagram, Facebook, Doctor Script, uh, Twitter, Dr Script Podcast, Doctor Script Podcast, and always subscribe to us on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts. Leave five stars if you got the time. You've got the time. Don't worry about it. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, but please be on the lookout for everything that we do for the next year. Yeah. And uh, next week we'll coming at you from uh, Springfield. Uh, but which Springfield? Is it the one in Ohio, Nevada, Maine, or Kentucky? <laughs> uh, all right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to the Doctor Script Show for one freaking year, man. Joe, no. no. <laughs> see you guys. Bye.